Following a win over the New York Giants, the status of running back Eddie Lacy is up in the air. How can the Packers replace him with such little depth? We'll find out with Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're taking a look back at a win over the New York Giants and starting to look ahead to the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome as we come back from break. And to join us today, we have a guest joining us on the phone as he does every Wednesday during the regular season, Nathan Yonke at ProFootballFocus.com. Nathan, how are you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good. We're glad you could join us. Um, Nathan, I think Packers fans are concerned about the status of Eddie Lacy. Can you give us an idea of, first of all, how well he played before the injury against the New York Giants and what the Packers might be missing without him? Against the Giants, Lacy was having his best game of the season so far. Uh, he was averaging 7.4 yards per carry, which was his best this year. He had a carry of 31 yards, which is his longest run of the year. And he had five players miss tackles on his carries, which was also a season high. So while he hasn't been making the same impact in the past game as he has in past years, and also hasn't been getting quite as many carries as he has in the past, on a per-play basis, he's on pace for his best season running with the football. So... Uh, if the season ended right now, uh, I would say that he'd be worthy of going to the Pro Bowl. So right now, if the Packers were to be without him for a game, they'd be missing a potential Pro Bowl player. Yeah, we'll see what happens here. Uh, Lacey's status is up in the air, but if he can't go, the Packers will probably have to rely on James Starks. I know I've been pretty imp- unimpressed with Starks thus far this season, but how has he graded out in 2016? Yeah, his stats had him look pretty, and the grades matched the stats on this one. Um, running, he did have a 10-yard run against the Giants this past week, but outside of that, uh, he's had 22 carries for 32 yards, which isn't good. And then receiving, uh, he had both a drop pass and a fumble in the past game, and his averaging just 8.3 yards per catch on the season. Uh, pass protection, he's already given up two hurries on 20 pass blocks, so... There isn't any aspect of play that Starks is doing well right now. So while Lacey is grading out as a top five running back, Starks is grading out as a bottom five running back. That's not a good combination, or at least not for James Starks, at least. Hopefully he can start to pick up a little bit of the slack. Um, Sticking with the backfield theme here, though, Nathan, I thought Aaron Ripkowski might have had the best game of his still young career against the Giants would you agree, and was it the most snaps he's played so far? Yes, this game was both his best game as well as the game that he's played the most offensive snaps. Uh, he had 25 offensive snaps in this one, 
which was more than the 21 he had in the previous three games combined, as well as more than the 19 offensive snaps he had all of last year. So definitely a big game for him in terms of how often he was on the field. Um, in terms of his run blocking, he's looked above average in all of the games so far. So that's been good. And then in this game, he also had a couple of nice runs. So um, if you combine both the run blocking and the runs he had in this one, I would say it's the best game so far. And while fullbacks are a dying breed and there's only 17 teams that have used a fullback 40 or more snaps so far this season, Rupkowski currently grades as the third best fullback so far this season. So it's been a good season, even though he hasn't been on the field too often. That's good news, considering I think fans were uh, longing for John Kuhn after his three-touchdown game two weeks ago. So uh, good to hear Aaron Rukowski's playing well. Uh, But perhaps if Lacey misses some time, Nathan, the Packers might have to use Randall Cobb in the backfield, perhaps more than usual. What has he offered in the backfield, and can you get into his impressive game as a whole against the Giants? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the backfield a bit more at a place where to miss some time. But uh, so far this season, he's only averaging 2.4 yards per carry out of the backfield, which most of the running or most of the wide receivers who have been running this year haven't fared too much better. So Cobb's been average. Um, he did look a little better as a runner in 2015. But if you look at his receiving, last week was Cobb's best game in over a calendar year. Uh, he caught 9 of 11 passes thrown his way, 108 yards, and there were three times where a player missed tackles on his catches. So um, he made the PFF team of the week due to his performance, and it's a promising sign for the Packers passing game going forward, at least. Nathan, are you there? Uh, yep. Did I, you cut out him? Did I cut out on you there? Yeah, briefly, but you're back. You sound good. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, while Kyle hasn't been a great runner, he has done a good job receiving, especially last week. was his best game in over a calendar year. Uh, had three players miss tackles on his catches, and he made the PFF team of the week this past week. So a promising sign for the Packers passing game, at least. Definitely. Randall Cobb played really well against the New York Giants. We're talking to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central. Nathan, uh, I've been pretty impressed with the entire Packers offensive line, not only against the Giants, but really the whole season. But I'm curious, who's been the best of the bunch thus far? Uh, that's a difficult question since all five of the linemen have been grading out well and a few of them near the top at their position. So while it's hard to pick one, I guess I'll go with J.C. Treader since uh, he's the only one that uh, after Pro Bowl started now, I'd say he should be a starter on the Pro Bowl while others might be backups on the Pro Bowl. But um, he's graded very well both run blocking and pass blocking. Uh, pass protection, he hasn't allowed any sacks or hits yet this year. Uh, just two hurries allowed. And then uh, he, that's especially impressive considering the Packers run so many five- and seven-step dropbacks uh, compared to other teams. So that makes the pass blocking even more impressive since those are some of the harder uh, plays to pass block for. And then run blocking, he's been among the top-graded run blocking centers this year. So um, right now he sits as a second-best center, and I wouldn't be surprised if he reaches number one at some point this year. 
That's good news for the Packers running game that could use some help from the offensive line, especially if they don't have Eddie Lacy. Uh, but Nathan, let's turn to the defense here. The Packers were down two cornerbacks against the Giants with both Sam Shields and Demarius Randall out. How would you say that Quinn and Rollins and Ladarius Gunter held up as kind of the two perimeter cornerbacks? I think it fared really well considering the top two guys were out. So uh, Rollins, I would say, had an average game. Um, allowed three of six passes thrown his way to be caught for 42 yards. I had a pass defense in there as well. So uh, while you would have liked for him to not allow those catches, it was still a decent game out of him. And then uh, Gunter looked really well. He was thrown at twice. Um, it was a little surprising that he didn't get thrown at more. And in that time, he didn't allow a catch and had a pass defense. So um, even once all the cornerbacks are healthy, I think it would be good to find a way to keep him on the field some based on how well he's been playing. For sure. I thought he played really well. Um, Nathan, as we look forward to the Cowboys game, a lot has been made of the rookies in the backfield for Dallas. Das- Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, are they as good as advertised? I would say yes. Prescott especially has been as good as advertised. Uh, we haven't graded out as a top 10 quarterback so far this year. Uh, he's been very good at intermediate passes. And while he hasn't made as many big plays as some other quarterbacks have, uh, he's been one of the best quarterbacks at avoiding uh, having really bad plays or turnover-worthy plays. So uh, he's been good at avoiding mistakes and making the best of his opportunities. And then Elliott has also looked pretty good this year. Uh, he's averaging five yards per carry. He's only had six players miss tackles on him all year, so part of that five yards per carry is definitely the Cowboys' good run-blocking offensive line. Uh, he has fumbled twice this year, which has hurt his grade. So while he's definitely living up to a fantasy football hype, he's only been an average to above average in terms of how good he is on a per-play basis. Uh, then if we look at the defensive side of the football for the Cowboys, who do the Packers have to be aware of on that side of the football? Uh, the Cowboys haven't had too much of a strong run defense or a pass rush so far this year, but they do have a few players in the secondary who have been performing rather well. Uh, Second-year safety Byron Jones has had a strong start to the season. Uh, cornerback Maurice Claiborne is finally starting to look like the player the Cowboys wanted when they drafted him five years ago. Uh, so far, when quarterbacks have thrown his way, they've had an NFL passer rating of 54.1, and no quarterback has had a passer rating above 80 when throwing towards him so far. So uh, he's been performing rather well. And then Sean Lee, their linebacker, uh, he remains one of the better coverage linebackers in the league. So while Lacey should have a good game if he's healthy, and Rodgers should have all the time he needs to throw the ball, it might be a little difficult to find an open receiver in this one. Well, hopefully the Packers do. Nathan, thanks so much for joining us after uh, having you away for a bye week. It's good to have you back on the show again. Take care, and uh, we'll talk to you again and wrap up this Cowboys game next week. Thank you. Have a good one. Okay. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. So kind of for my monologue today, um, we're going to stick with the running back or backfield theme for today's show. And I just had a few thoughts from the New York Giants game that I wanted to share and kind of extrapolate from there. 
And I thought it was interesting in that, you know, there was a time period there. We we know now that Eddie Lacy sprained an ankle, uh, rolled an ankle, and eventually had to come out of the game. Uh, but it was in the first half that I thought was uh, the the really part that kind of caught my attention. Uh, there was a there was a time period late in the first half in the second quarter at some point midway through the second quarter or so where a defender went low on Eddie Lacy and he kind of had to jump up in the air or landed in the air and and then landed kind of awkwardly on his back and I just remember thinking at the time that ooh I hope nothing's wrong with him he just he just fell a little bit awkwardly but it didn't have to do with his ankle at all he just kind of I don't know just was up in the air and then came down really hard and then he was out for the next for the remainder of the half and and I wondered you know this, this span two series and you're wondering, ooh, did did Eddie Lace something happen to him on that play? Because now James Starks is filling in for him. And after one series, it wasn't really a concern. You're just like, well, they obviously rotate the backs and, and smartly so. Um, but then all of a sudden two two series go by and Starks is still in there. And you wonder, oh, okay, is something wrong with Eddie Lacey? And it didn't turn out to be the case or anything having to do with his back. I, the Packers just decided to go with Eddie Lacy, especially while they ran the two-minute drill. And I'm not exactly sure why. Or they went without Lacy during the two-minute drill. They went with Starks. Perhaps they like him more as a, a pass blocker. Uh, I'm not really sure if there's a whole lot of difference between Eddie Lacy and James Starks as far as pass blocking goes. They both seem to do an adequate job. I don't think either is really great at it, but on the flip side, I don't think either is really poor at it either. So anyway, they, they do that, and, and, and James Starks comes back uh, the second half, or Eddie Lacy comes back in the second half, but he, you know while Starks was filling in, you know, there were some struggles there in the passing game, not so much in pass protection, but, you know, they Aaron Rodgers went to James Starks two plays in a row, two passes in a row, both incomplete. And it, 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 it was just at a point late in the first half where they went two in a row, but over the course of the whole game, you know, Rodgers had targeted James Starks a couple more times and nothing really happening there. And I really thought both players were at fault. Uh, for one, the at least two of the passes hit James Starks in the hands and you can't, when they hit you in the hands, you got to catch them. But that being said, I don't think that Aaron Rodgers did James Starks many favors on at least one of the throws in which Starks was wide open and Rodgers really flipped it over there really fast and unnecessarily so. I thought with Starks so wide open, okay, just put a little bit of air under it. Just make sure he's kind of getting it in stride and can, can kind of set himself up to you know, start running forward or brace for contact. I thought there was time to do that. And Rodgers, I just thought, really flipped it so hard and so quick 
that he made it difficult on Starks to to catch the football on at least one occasion. And it just had me scratching my head and thinking, this this shouldn't be so hard. This is a little dump-off pass to a running back. But these two players made it look awfully difficult in this game. And it kind of, you know, goes to James Stark's struggles as a whole, kind of all around, both in the receiving game and the running game. So Eddie Lacy, you know, as we know now, he came back in the second half But then it didn't take long, just a few plays, and he turns his ankle, and then James Starks has to go the rest of the way. And James Starks just struggled, like I said, in both phases of the game, you know, really, and not doing much in the running game as well. As Nathan Yonke said, there was kind of one 10-yard carry in the game that was pretty good, but apart from that, nothing really to speak of or to note of. You know, there was a couple carries where you just get a couple yards and you understand that that's going to happen once in a while. You're not going to you're not going to get 10 yards every carry, but it's just that nearly every carry this year has been like one or two yards and and that's it for James Starks and it's been really disappointing. I I think he he may have had the best season of his career in 2015. And he's following it up thus far with the worst season of his career. And this is a guy who's now been in the league, what, his seventh season now? Um, it, you know, James Starks, he, he had career highs last year. He had over 600 yards rushing. He had 392 yards receiving. He had five touchdowns. All these statistics I just cited are career highs for James Starks in 2015. Unfortunately, he had he had some fumble issues, admittedly, uh, which were also a career high. But you know, he he made up for it with with very good production, and, and thus far the numbers are so meager; they are just so unimpressive. The, you know, through through four games now, James Starks has forty two yards rushing, and he has one point eight yards per carry which is just pathetic, really. And he's contributed 50 yards receiving. He doesn't have a single touchdown either on the ground or through the air. So it's just been so disappointing to me to see this kind of production from James Starks and a guy who the Packers might have to rely on even more if Eddie Lacy doesn't have to, you know, if he misses some time. And I know Mike McCarthy didn't think it was serious, uh, and that's good news, the injury to Eddie Lacy, um, in which he McCarthy said during his Monday press conference, I believe. And, and so that's all well and good, but you still wonder, you know, even if Eddie Lacy does happen to play against the, the Dallas Cowboys, is he going to be 100%? Probably not after just one week. Uh, so that's a concern. And then if he does miss time, I'm worried about the Packers' depth because him and Starks are the only true halfbacks on the Packers' roster. They really don't have a whole lot there. So it's a big concern. Uh, and, and I've never seen Aaron Ripkowski in kind of a one-back set so far. I don't know if they're going to have to start putting that into their offense, at least 
just a few plays in which he knows how to do that and, and can maybe be a pass protector if nothing else. But it sure seems like the Packers are going to have to do something here. And even with the guys who are kind of pseudo running backs on the roster, if you remember during the Giants game, Randall Cobb and Ty Montgomery each had one carry each uh, during the game. But they were both before the injury to Eddie Lacy ever happened. And I know I was wondering in my head, you know, what? why didn't they get more playing time in the backfield in the second half of the game? You know, when, when Lacey was out and James Starks was struggling, you know, why not get Lacey and Montgomery a little bit of playing time in there? You know, at, at the very least, it's it's good, to you know, for the passing game to get these guys who are, who are receivers and they might be able to catch something out of the backfield. And you can run the occasional running play with them as well. I mean, they are not going to offer you anything as pass protectors uh, at all. Uh, but I think they can add a little bit of offensive pop to the equation. Uh, but it didn't happen in the second half. And I, I just kind of thought that was maybe a fault of Mike McCarthy not getting those guys involved. I mean, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not get these guys in the backfield and, you know, they, they offer a little more dangerous aspect to the game you know, more so than I think James Starks does, especially in a game in which he's struggling. So we'll see what the Packers do this week if they become more involved, getting them prepared to play a bigger role because of the injury to Eddie Lacy. I can only hope they do, uh, but I thought that was kind of worthy of my biggest commentary today uh, as the Packers prepare to get ready for the Dallas Cowboys here this upcoming Sunday after a win against the New York Giants, then which they improved to three and one on the season and thank you everybody so much for your patience after taking a little break a little hiatus for Railbird central uh over the past week uh it's been one week since our past show as i said i was on vacation Tur everything turned out well despite a hurricane in south carolina um uh, i wasn't on the coast i was on columbia 100 miles inland and while there was certainly wind and rain from the hurricane uh, there was nothing severe and everything turned out all right. So that's all well and good. But I digress. Uh, getting back to the show and the next segment here. The day ahead. In the world of the Green Bay Packers this Wednesday, it's the first day of practice in preparation for the Dallas Cowboys on Wednesday. And it's also the first injury report for the Green Bay Packers as well. And I think, of course, we're paying attention to Eddie Lacy, who we just spent pretty much the the whole rest of the show during the beginning here about. Uh, but in addition to Eddie Lacy, I think the biggest injury concern now would be to Demarius Randall, because you're wondering, when is he going to come back? It was a little bit surprising to come back from the bye and learn that he's been injured and he's been out, um, especially when you add it on top of the injury to Sam Shields as well. And while you're kind of, I know I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope with Sam Shields just because of the severity of his injury, I've been hoping uh, to myself that Demarius Randles isn't quite as bad and maybe he'll just be able to miss one week and come back. So 
we're going to find out today what his status is, if he practices, and if he did, whether it's in the limited or the full category for Demarius Randall. The rest of the injuries aren't quite as concerning because we saw so many players come back from injury against the Giants and guys who played well. In fact, that was one of the more encouraging things from that Giants game. Those guys who got some time off uh, during the bye week and before, guys like, uh, especially on the defensive side of the football, Clay Matthews, Morgan Burnett, Latroy Guyon, all these guys were injured, but they all came back in the Giants game, and they didn't, at the very least, they didn't suffer any setbacks, and at the best, they contributed to a good win against the Giants as well, so that's all well and good. I suppose the one minor injury would be to Chris Banjo, the special teams, you know, captain out there who suffered an injury and the Packers looked to be without his services as he kind of suffers a setback. He was having injury troubles early in the year, hamstring issues. So we wait to see what his and everybody's status is on Wednesday. So that's kind of the big thing we're waiting for when the first injury report of the week comes out on Wednesday afternoon. Mike McCarthy, the Packers head coach, speaks in the morning. Uh, so very shortly, his press conference will be streamed live at Packers.com. Don't know how much he's going to have to offer on the injured players before practice, but we'll learn more after practice with the release of the injury report. So we wait on that. As far as the media goes, uh, a couple uh, appearances by players on Wednesday evening. Uh, the Dayton Jones and Quentin Rollins show uh, I know airs on WDUZ, The Fan, 107.5 in Green Bay on Wednesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. Live from Thornberry Creek uh, Golf Club in Oneida, Wisconsin. So if you want to be part of the studio audience, you can do that. I don't know what rotation they're in on that show. I know Dayton Jones and Quentin Rollins kind of take turns. Uh, every other week hosting the show. I'm not quite sure whose turn it is this week, but regardless, the show will air on Wednesday night. And on top of that, uh, on the television, so that's on the radio, on the television, there's Green Bay Nation on WFRV-TV in Green Bay on Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. local time or central time, always with a player guest on the show, uh, they haven't announced who the player guest is going to be, uh, at least on their social media feeds, uh, which I try to follow. Uh, but uh, perhaps uh, they just haven't announced it. Uh, the show will be airing regardless. It's just going to be a surprise, I suppose, who the guest is going to be. So if you want to hear from some Packers players, the opportunity is there Wednesday night. As we start to get ready for a game against the Dallas Cowboys this upcoming weekend and Sunday. So, uh, great time of year, uh, not just for the Packers, but sports as a whole. It's playoff baseball. Uh, there's a huge college game this weekend with college game day coming to Madison for Ohio State versus Wisconsin. There's the Packers hosting the Cowboys on Sunday in the throwback game, by the way. You can look forward to that. The Packers wearing their throwback unis on Sunday. Uh, NHL hockey season opener Wednesday night. So all sorts of great 
sports to look forward to here uh, in the month of October. So a lot of cool stuff going on right now. Uh, so enjoy it while you can, folks. Uh, we'll, that, that'll do it for this today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us. Thank you to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest on the show. And we'll see you again on Friday when our guest will be Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog joining us for his monthly appearance on the show. Looking forward to that. Uh, my call to action, as always, as usual, if you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. This show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search for Cheesehead TV, and it'll pop right up. Uh, give us that five-star rating and a brief little review. doesn't have to be anything long, uh, but it helps get word about word out about the show. And that's what uh, I appreciate because I think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans out there looking for a podcast to listen to. Um, thanks, folks. We'll see you on Friday. Uh, this show airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, which is the live edition of the show. It's podcasted and on demand later in the day. And that'll do it. Uh, on behalf of everyone at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caravu. I leave you today with a song called Hard Livin' by Railroad Earth on Sci Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go.